Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Say joy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship thee, oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King. In what you hear, and let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord, and I lift. My eyes to Oh! 
They, the hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in them, in him. Hallelujah. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own. And if I had the title this text on this morning, it would simply be faith under fire. Hallelujah. Faith under fire. In this text, we see the three, we see the Hebrew friends of Daniel being persecuted by a king who has apparently become big on himself and hyped up by those around him who mean these young boys no good. The actions of the king here in chapter three is a stark contrast to the king's posture prior to this exchange. You see in the second chapter of Daniel, we see King Nebuchadnezzar dealing with a dream in which he had, and he was in desperate need of an interpreter. He was so distressed by this dream, the Bible says his sleep left him. He called for all of those he depended on, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the magicians to help him to understand what was going on. But when he called them before him, he let it be known that they could not interpret the dream, he would have them killed. And Daniel 2, between verses 1 and 9, you will find him telling them on two occasions, if they don't interpret the dream correctly, he will have, again, he will have them killed. Thank you. Knowing that they had no ability to do what the king asked, they told him straight out. There was not a man alive who could do what he asked. And, and, and in this moment, they had to be truthful. But the king was so furious by this information, he ordered to have all of the wise men of Babylon killed. And that included Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, for some of us, those names may sound strange, but the truth of the matter is those are the real names of Daniel and his three friends. We have become so accustomed calling them the names that were given unto them that we have forgotten who God has called them to be. And I just want to stop right there for a moment because some of us are so accustomed to people calling us by our situations, calling us by our circumstances, calling us by how they perceive us, that we have even forgotten who God has called us in the first place. You see, before we get back to our text, we got to understand that the chief eunuchs of the king are the ones who renamed these young boys. They had Jewish biblical names, but because of the land that they resided in, they were given Babylonian names of Bethesheshar, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But their real God-given names were Daniel, hallelujah, which meant God is my, my judge, uh, Hananiah, which meant God has been gracious, hallelujah, Mishael, which meant who is what God is, and me and, and Azariah, meaning Yah has helped, the, Yah has helped, amen. 
We got to remember. We got to remember these biblical names that they were given. We got to remember what God has called us. We got to remember who God has called us. We got to remember who we are called in the kingdom and not what people have become accustomed to calling us. You got to understand sometimes people will try to reframe how you are seen or how you are called based on their perception of you or their inability to accept who you really are in God. You see, it wasn't that they didn't have any power in the names that God had given them, but the chief eunuch, hallelujah, renamed them because in Babylon they served idol gods. So it was more convenient for them, for these boys, to have names associated to the idol gods that they served instead of them bowing down to the names and to who they were in God. And I just want to encourage somebody don't let somebody rename who you are. Hallelujah. Don't let somebody call you by your condition. Don't let somebody call you by your circumstance. Don't let somebody change who God has called you to be based on their perception or their inability to accept you. You continue to be who God called you to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So they changed their name. But what I love about this scripture and what you will see as we continue through the text, they changed their names, but they couldn't change their character. <laughs> they changed their names. Hallelujah. To be associated to idol gods. But these three Hebrew boys, hallelujah, the friends of Daniel, didn't allow the name change to change their nature. They said, I'm going to, we are going to serve God and God alone. And that's just a that's that's not even my text this morning. That's just a side <laughs> note for somebody on this morning. Because you've been stuck. I just hear God saying you've been stuck by what everybody has been saying about you and how they reframed you. And God in this season wants to call you back to the original name, the original state, the original posture that He gave you. Amen. Amen. So as we go back to chapter three, because now we're in chapter three, amen. Because again, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to have this dream interpreted. So as as the, the chief of the eunuchs went to uh, destroy and kill the wise men of Babylon, Daniel, as a matter of fact, has this conversation to him and say, listen, we don't have the ability to do this. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pray. And so Daniel goes and he gets his three friends, amen, and they pray unto the Lord for revelation, and God gives Daniel revelation as to what the dream of Nebuchadnezzar meant. He told him that God is setting up a kingly succession plan that will take place after the rule of Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel explains what the gold image in the, the king saw in his dream meant, and basically it lets him know that there will be there will not be another kingdom of strength until at least four kings after him. So now that he got a revelation, he also got a big head. <laughs> Daniel tells him, listen, it's gonna be at least not until at least four generations or four kings after you that the that the kingdom or the king will have the, the kind of success or uh, 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 or the kind of power that you have. So what does King Nebuchadnezzar do? He goes and he he creates a golden image in his likeness for the people to now bow and worship him. And so we get to our text. Because in the text, when we keep reading this story, there was a certain time that if they heard music, 
if they heard a certain sound, they were to bow down and worship the king. But these boys said, no, we can't do that. We won't worship any other God but our own. And when the king made the decree that at the sound of this music that everybody will worship him, he also made a decree that anybody that did not worship him must be killed. And let me just backtrack a little bit because at the beginning, he wanted to kill everybody who couldn't interpret it, anybody that was considered a wise man, including Daniel and his three friends. After Daniel gave him the revelation, he promoted them, hallelujah, in the kingdom. But when they wouldn't bow, hallelujah, when they wouldn't bow, he says, you know what? Because I've made this decree, we got to hold fast to what I said. And that leads us up to chapter three. And I want to break down these texts in three ways. I want us to look at the facts of the matter. I want us to look at the faith of the matter. And then we're going to come to the conclusion of the matter. Hallelujah. We're going to look at the facts of the matter. We're going to look at the faith of the matter. And then we're going to come to the conclusion of the matter. The facts of the matter. Verses 19 and 20. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fire. My first point is this. Your obedience to God increases the enemy's anger and attack against you. We don't like talking about that. We don't like dealing with that fact. But the truth of the matter is... Your obedience to God increases the enemy's anger and attack against you. I just previously said because of the interpretation of the dream from Daniel, not only did Daniel get promoted, hallelujah, but if you go back to chapter 2, you're going to find out that all four of them got promoted and they gained favor in the king's sight. But because they would not follow his decree and because they said, for God alone I shall live and for God alone I shall die. Because they made a determination in their heart. They would not allow any other idols to take up residence in their heart. Because they said, we serve God and God alone. Now because they won't bow to the king, they lost favor with the king and, and gained his anger. And somebody needs to know, when you begin to get obedient, when you walk in obedience to God, you will seemingly lose favor with those that you previously or that Amen. previously embraced you because you chose God over them. You chose God over the world. You chose God over your flesh. You chose God over your over, over other ways. You got to understand, when the enemy loses his hold, hallelujah, and he can no longer control you or he can no longer uh, 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 get you to do things outside of God's will, his anger will be increased against you and the attacks of the enemy will come before you. Yes, and, and, yes, and just yes. as a side note, we got to understand that it wasn't the king who saw the boys not bow. It was the people that were watching them. It wasn't the king who saw that when the music played, they wouldn't drop or worship his image. It was those around him. And 
God, the more they talk about you. The minute you say, I'm going to give God my all, they get to trying to do things to hinder you. But I want to stop by to tell somebody on this morning, don't allow the naysayers, don't allow the haters, don't allow those that's using your good works against you to cause you to falter from working and operating in the power that God has given yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, don't let your yeah. situations or your circumstances cause you to bow. Don't let nothing overwhelm you to the point that you say, I'm going to step back and operate in my flesh or in these ways because I'm waiting on God and he's not answering me fast enough. Hallelujah. Continue to stick and stand for the Lord, knowing the enemy gonna get mad that he lost his hold, but that's all right because although he lost his hold, God never releases his hold on you. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah! We gotta understand, God never releases his hold off of us. So you may make some people angry with your worship. Worship God anyway. You might make some people angry, or you might make the enemy angry with the work you do for the Lord. Do it anyway. You might lose favor with some people because you stand upright in the biblical principles that God has called you to do. You stand up anyway. If they leave, let them leave. If they don't understand, they ain't gotta understand. But don't you let nothing and nobody move you from the presence and the power of God. Hallelujah. Don't you bow to no image. Hallelujah. You gotta understand. It's gonna the, 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 <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the enemy's anger and attacks come against you. Stop asking God or complaining. Maybe I'm just talking to myself. Maybe you're not out there in the virtual space or even in the sanctuary. Maybe you haven't been through this. Maybe you're not going through this. But I know I've been in some situations where I'm like, God, really? Here I am trying to live more for you. I'm trying to stand more for you. And the more I stand, the more hell I go through, the more I get to you, the more I lose, the more I worship you, the more people talk about me. God, what in the world is going on? And God is saying, your obedience will shake up some things. And we like to be pretty when, you know, we like to think of a pretty shaking. God didn't say, I'm going to lightly sprinkle some things out. I'm going to lightly shake. Sometimes that shaking is violent. But I would rather have my obedience violently shakes some things and some people out of my life than for God to turn his eyes off of me. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I succumb to peer pressure or people's ways or my own ways. I'd rather stand in obedience with God and let the king be mad at me. You can be mad at me all you want because I'm walking with the authority that God has given me. I'm sorry, boo. I don't know what else to tell you, but I'm going to go with God and I'm going to go all the way. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you got to know Amen. your obedience increases the attack. So, uh, but then you got to also understand the enemy will try to use what's common or normal to kill you. My God today. Let me say that again. The enemy will try to use what's common or normal to kill you. Take your time, Pastor. <laughs> Verses 21 through 23. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the fiery, of the burning fiery furnace. What was interesting to me is Nebuchadnezzar, if you want these boys dead so bad that you increase the, the level of the heat of the furnace, and, and your expectation is that the minute that they hit the heat, they will perish. Why did you waste time binding them? Did you bind them because you didn't want them to fight those that were going to take them in? Did you bind them because you were afraid that they may overpower those men and get away? Did you not have a whole army that could have just flanked them and forced them in? Why in the world would you bind them? And not only why would you bind them, Nebuchadnezzar, why didn't you just take some rope? <laughs> why didn't you just take some chains and, and chains and bind their hands and bind their feet in a way that they could not move? Why, Nebuchadnezzar, did you use their own clothes to bind them? God sat asking Holy Spirit, God, God, give me a revelatory word. Help me to understand why he would bother using their common everyday items to try and bind them. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit revealed to me because I need my people to understand because they're so frustrated because their everyday common ways of life, mm, the enemy is trying to use it to bind them to keep them out of my presence. Amen. Preach. The enemy is trying to use those everyday yes. things, those everyday people to frustrate you and bind you in a place where you get so far away out of God's reach that you don't even understand that you have moved out of his presence. And God let me, God let me here this morning to tell somebody, don't let the common everyday issues of your life, don't let, don't let the it. marriage, don't let the sickness, don't let the lack, don't let the job, don't let the enemy use these things to bind you and control you. God is saying even though he's trying to take those things and turn them for evil, even though he's trying to take those things and use them against you, I'm going to do for you like I did for the three Hebrew boys. The enemy might be trying to bind you, but the minute you get to that furnace that I've ordained for you to go through, I'm going to loose you. When you read the scripture a little later on and we're about to get to it, the king is going to look at it. He's going to be like, wait a minute. Weren't they bound? But now I see them loose. Hallelujah. Sometimes we look at our fiery furnaces the wrong way. We look at the fiery furnaces as a place of our demise. We look at the things the enemy tries to use to keep us down as a place of demise. And God is like, if you would just trust me and get in the trust furnace me, willingly, I will loose you from the things that have bound you. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but you have been bound by some things. And you are at the mouth of your furnace. And God is saying, if you would just trust me to go into the furnace, when you get yes. in there, those things that have bonded you, I'm going to free you from it. Hallelujah. Right. You're right. so concerned and so consumed about what you're going through. You're so concerned and so consumed about the presence of the furnace. You don't even understand. 
your resources. Somebody needs some power of the sickness in your body. And you need to decree and declare by the power of the living God. These things that the enemy is trying to use to bind me. I will, I'm going to be released when I get into this fire. Hallelujah. Enemy, you don't have no power to bind me with the things yes, that God yes, has yes, given yes, me. Yes. He tried to bind them with the things that they had. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And the enemy is trying to bind people with the things that God has given to be a blessing. But I need you to know that God will not allow the enemy to control you with the things that God has given to you. Even though in the moment it may be seemingly working against you, hallelujah, God will God is saying, if you just trust me in this hardship, hallelujah, the things that previously had you bound, I'm going to loose and set you free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He is saying, I'm going to loose you and set you free. That addiction, I'm going to loose you and set you free. That pain, I'm going to loose you and set you free. That abuse, I'm going to loose you and set you free. That hurt, I'm going to loose you and set you free. That attack, I'm going to loose you and set you free. That wayward child, I'm going to loose you and set you free. That child, I'm going to loose you and set you free. He can't bind you. of the matter hmm, your obedience to God increases the enemy's anger and attack against you <laughs> the enemy will try to use those comments don't 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 think it's strange don't 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 fall to pieces when the relationships and the things in your life seem to be going haywire trust God that's what the enemy does you know why because he ain't got no real power so all that he can do is try to infect what God has already given us. But he doesn't have the power to do so. He doesn't have the ability to do so. Hallelujah. We have the power and authority of God. So those are the fact of the matter. But now let's look at the faith of the matter. Hallelujah. The fact is these boys were obedient to God and the king had them thrown down into the fiery furnace. He had them bound and thrown down. Mm. He had them bound and thrown down. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. Those are the facts of the matter. Here's the faith of the matter. What the enemy uses to try and kill you with, God will use to bless you. <laughs> the very thing the enemy tries to use to kill you with, God will bless you with. Amen. Verses 24 and 25. Hallelujah. <laughs> then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste. And spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not catch three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. When I read this and I kept reading it, I kept saying, Wow. When I get to verse 25, it says, <laughs> Look, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. Hmm. And I 
kept saying, God, that's a strange way of putting it to me. Because he didn't say they're not on fire. He said they are not hurt. You got to understand, not only were these men bound, but they were cast down into the furnace. The furnace wasn't like some uh, a structure that they walked into. It wasn't like on level ground. It wasn't like here is, here is the ground and here is the furnace. It wasn't something that they were pushed into at the level of where they are. They had to be taken up. The furnace was built on a small hill or a mound with the opening at the top and the side, meaning that these boys had to be taken up then thrown down into the fire. And as I began thinking about that, you know, in, in my imagination, I said, okay, if they were thrown down and they were bound, right, they didn't have the ability to catch themselves when they hit the ground. So you would think that there would have been some broken bones if they had to be thrown down into this furnace. You would think that maybe their ankle bones were broken or their hands were broken or maybe somebody had a broken leg and even if they fell on top of one, of one another, somebody should have been hurt being thrown down into <laughs> this furnace. But God said, no, not so. And, I, and again, that should be an encouragement to somebody because there's been some things that you feel that life has thrown you down. There have been some challenges that you feel life has knocked you down. Yes. There's been some attacks that the enemy has come against you and you felt so overwhelmed. You feel down even in this moment and you feel like you can't get up. You feel broken. You feel confused. You feel betrayed. You have a wealth of emotions that contradict the faith that you have. But I want somebody to understand even when the enemy tries to bind you and throw you down into some things to destroy you, God again is going to use that hallelujah to not only heal you, but to loose you again and set you free. And not only that, not only were they not hurt, hallelujah, but the presence of the living God was in them in that broken place. Hallelujah. The presence of the living God was in them in the heat. And somebody needs to know, you may feel down right now. You may feel broken right now. But you got to understand, even in the midst of the heat, even when others are looking at you, waiting for you to be destroyed, even when the enemy thinks he has the upper hand, you got to know, when you serve God, when you take a stance for God, when you give God your all, God will never allow you to experience anything without his presence. The enemy, the king thought he was going to destroy these boys. But God said, this is the perfect place and the perfect time and the perfect way for me to show my power, not just for these boys, but also the king. And somebody needs to be encouraged that this thing, hallelujah, that you are going through is not just for you, but it's for others. Yes, and I'm going to get to that yes, in a moment. But what I love is they were bound, now they're loose. And I don't know why God, me, God got me going back to that point, but I really feel it strong in my spirit on this morning that somebody needs to know that although you're in this furnace, you're no longer bound, but you are loose. Why? Because the presence of the living God is with you. Because the power of the living God is yes, with you. Yes, because yes, Jesus yes. Christ has use for your furnace. Hallelujah. You might feel that there's no use for this thing. 
what I love, what I love about this text, if you go back, it says the very men who were the, who threw them in there, who was supposed to throw them in there, they perished. <laughs> Don't you just love God? Now, now, now I'm not talking about any earthly persons, right? But this is what I got from reading this text. Those same demons, and you know, I know it's 2020 and the church don't like talking about demonic forces, but if you really read the word, you know they out there. But what I love is even those those principalities and those powers that we talk about Ephesians in Ephesians 6, even those principalities and powers that try to come to destroy you, God has a way, hallelujah, of burning them up and destroying them in the midst of them trying to destroy you. And let that encourage somebody. However, God puts it in your heart this morning through the power of His Holy Spirit. Know that the very ones, hallelujah, that's trying to destroy you, God is going to deal with them. Those very demonic forces that's trying to destroy your marriage, God is going to deal Amen. with them. Those demonic forces that's showing up in the way of sickness, God is going to deal with them. Those things showing up as lacking a life, God is going to deal yes, with them. Sometimes yes, we get so sidetracked by trying to defeat what's trying to defeat us. We forget that the battle is not Lord's and vengeance is the Lord's. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage somebody. Stop trying to fight back in the natural and destroy what's trying to destroy you and just remain obedient and watch God do it. God is going to destroy it. God is going to remove it. God is going to heal it. God is going to give you strength. God is going to oh give you God. power. You ain't got to worry about nobody coming up against you. Keep your focus and do the work. Keep your focus and be who God has called you to be. Cry out unto the Lord. God, I don't know why these things are here. God, I don't know what's going on. But what I do know is that you are still in control, that you still have all power, that you still have all might, that you still have all knowledge, and I keep myself at your feet. Hallelujah. I keep myself in your presence. And God, all of those forces that try to work against me, Daddy, you get them. Daddy, you deal with it. Daddy, you remove it. And why are you doing it, oh God? Keep me and heal me. whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of the head was not singed, nor were the garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on him. Somebody needs to know when God delivers you out of this thing, there's not going to be no women. The next time you go back when God heals your body, hallelujah, they're going to be like, I don't see it no more. I don't see that cancer no more. I don't see that lupus no more. I don't see that diabetes no more. When, when your marriage is restored and healed and people see the love between you and your spouse, they're going to say, I don't see that bitterness no more. I don't see that unforgiveness no more. I don't see that hurt no more. Somebody needs to be encouraged. When God delivers you out of this thing, it don't be no remnant. And because God won't allow there to be no remnant, hallelujah, don't you go back and try to keep things in your remembrance. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes God allows us to be delivered where there is no remnant of what we go through, but we make the mistake of trying to keep a remembrance of what we've gone through. And what the enemy does is he pulls us back into a fallen state, or he pulls us back into depression. He pulls us back into frustration. 
their clothes are not dirty, and here they are in the presence of the king. And, and I just want to encourage somebody, don't be focused about who's watching you or what they say or how they feel. Again, be focused on what God is saying. Be focused on what God is doing, and God will deliver you so much so that all they can see is the manifestation. All they will see is the healing. Hallelujah. They won't see the process, but they'll see the end result. Hallelujah. And some of us get yeah, so sidetracked yeah, by yeah. the process and who was watching the process. God is saying, look, they might have had a, a handprint or they might have had something to do with you getting here, but they ain't got nothing to do with that little part. They ain't got nothing to do with the process. They may have thought, hallelujah, that what they tried to do was going to work. But all they, all they, what I want you to understand is that they were just a vehicle for me to get you where I needed you to be because I needed you to have this experience because some things I needed to burn off you. And although God is burning off some things spiritually, hallelujah, naturally you're not going to look like what you've been through. Naturally, people aren't going to be able to Amen. see you the same way. Naturally, hallelujah, God is going to restore you to the former way that he created you. Naturally and spiritually God is going to do such a miraculous work. They're going to be like, I knew who she was over here, but now that I see her walking in her manifestation, she don't even look the same. Sometimes we allow the betrayal to cause us to change in our worship of God. But God is saying, if you 
will take a stance that come hell or high water, you're going to serve me. Come whatever report, come whatever divorce, come whatever challenge, come whatever loss, if you are watching me in the midst of it, God is saying, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to elevate you. I'm going to keep you. Hallelujah. So don't be worried about what's happening. Keep your stance. Blessed be the name of the God. If you don't move, yeah. yeah. I love yeah. you, but God will keep me blessed. Be the name of God. If this report does not change, blessed be the name Amen. of God. God, if you restore the relationship, blessed be the name of God. God, if you heal my body, blessed be the name of God. God, whichever way it goes, blessed be your name. Yeah. And watch, God works in such a miraculous way. Not only will you declare, blessed be the name, but those that stood against you will bow down and worship the God that you serve. And even they too will have to one response blessed be the name of God although you may not have understanding although you may be crying out for revelation although you may be asking God for wisdom God just wants one simple response blessed be the name of God and here's the beauty of it when you are obedient and you are faithful God will cause others listen you gotta understand that your life is a testimony to draw 